Good morning, everyone. I'm Brian Robinson. It's good to be here today. It is, um, as, as Bethany mentioned, it's a, a time of transition, and we have been through an amazing send-off for Antley Fowler. Last week was his final week with us, Antley and Laura. Laura's still here. She decided to stay. <laughs> the better half has stayed. No, I'm just kidding. Antley's working uh, right now in Colorado, uh, snowboarding ministry starting. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. He's left for work, and Laura will be joining him in a few months when school gets out for the kids. But um, we wanted to say that this is, this is a special time. We believe the Lord has amazing things in store for our church. Worship this morning was incredible, Tim. I thought it was just the Lord just kind of ushering in. Man. It was just beautiful. I thought like the Lord was just ushering in this like confirmation, affirmation of what he's doing. He's present with us in his power. And it's not, I mean, Antley has laid a foundation that's amazing, but it's not about a man. It's about the man. It's about the man, Jesus. And, and I wanted to say that, that I'm not here in this role preaching weekly or a couple times a month. I'm not here to fill Antley's shoes. I'm really not. I mean, he's like 5'2", size 7. I can never fit in those shoes. I can never fit in those shoes. I had that one scripted. Okay, I had that one scripted. <laughs> but honestly, I'm here to fill the shoes that God's given me to fill my own. And I believe the Lord has amazing stuff in store for us as, as we seek a, a lead pastor, as we seek someone to lead uh, the church. But this is the season that God has shown us that right now we're in this time of waiting and praying. And, and I believe God is calling us and raising the bar for all of us. And we're talking about this theme of, that God speaks. It's kind of one, of one of these foundational things that our church believes and we are believing that God wants to speak to you individually and corporately as we seek the Lord in this, in this season of transition. So as we get started, I wanted to say, Bethany mentioned the transition team, the, the uh, search team. They've been working hard, seeking the Lord, praying. There are a few candidates I wanted to kind of just mention real quick. They're kind of high-profile candidates, and um, I wanted to show a few pictures of them. They're, they're sort of... It's kind of edgy, but I want to show you a few pictures of a candidate. The first one, Blake Bortles. He's been in some transition himself. We talked to his agent, and he's, he's, he's praying about it. He's praying about it. Still kind of a long shot, but the kids love him. Um, second, even more so, Justin Bieber. A lot of transition for JB right now. He, he stopped all of his concerts, and he's just waiting on the Lord, singing Hillsong songs all the time. We love him. So another thing, keeping your prayers. And then lastly, and this is the one, don't show it. Yeah, oh, we showed it. Okay. This is a demigod Thanos. Now, he's from Infinity Wars. He's a little bit more edgy. I mean, he has some father wounds, but, but he's got a lot of gifting and talents. And again, it's like he's got the six, six Infinity Crystals right there. So he's got a lot of talents that we're considering. Okay, that's good. All right. But honestly, honestly, we are praying and seeking the Lord. The, the, we've had some interviews with folks, and we're, and we're seeking the Lord about what God has for us. So I want to just reassure us that God has a plan for this church. God is doing great things in and through us, and that God is good. Let's pray before we get started. Jesus, we do say that you are good, and you will never let us down. You're never going to let us down, Lord. We love you, and we give this church. This church is your church. This is your bride. We are your bride, Lord. Have your way in this church. Have your way in our lives. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, to come and speak in this, in this season. We want your ways and your will more than our own, God. We want your voice more than our own. 
We want your dreams more than our own. And we just surrender to your love this morning. We surrender to your love and your plan this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, that song, we, that, we sang that refrain a few times. I just wanted to say this real fast. I feel like it's a prophetic word just for some people. Um, you know, as you're singing, you're never going to let me down. I feel like the Lord wanted to say to just a few of you who have felt that, but, it, but, but this is what he wanted to say. You're never going to let me down. It's a little, bit, a little bit backwards almost. You're never going to let me down. And I think a lot of us have felt like we have let him down. And I, I think about how many times I've like done that to my kids, made them feel like they've let me down, like I've, you've let me down by doing this bad thing or doing, not doing that. You know, God's heart is grieved sometimes when we, when we mess up or when we sin or we fall back into things, but he doesn't feel let down by you. He's not let down by you because when he looks at you, he still sees Jesus Christ. He still sees the blood and the perfection of Jesus Christ and what he bought on the cross. And you need to know this morning, you will never let him down. And I want to say that before we get started, that, that that's the reality, guys. Like it's, it's, the, it's a, the great love of God that you will not let him down. His plan and purposes will prevail in our lives. So, one of the foundational things we believe in our church, we have four pillars and we talk about those, but b- below all that or beneath all that is the idea that God speaks, that he is actively speaking through his Holy Spirit, that when you accept Christ into your life and receive Jesus, the Holy Spirit fills you, and you become a temple of God. You become a temple that contains the Holy Spirit. And we have the ability, every single one of us as Christians, to hear his voice. And oftentimes we think it's, it's meant for somebody else who's more mature, someone who's a prophet, someone who's <clears throat> older in the faith or holier than me. But your inheritance, every single one of you, if Jesus is in your heart, is that you can hear the voice of God, and you have that ability. Now, I was in seminary. I went to a seminary many years ago, 20 years ago or so, and many of the students, many of the professors believed that God no longer spoke, that God stopped speaking. When the Bible was finished, when the Bible was canonized, when the books of the Bible, letters, books, all the Gospels, were put together and canonized into one book called the Bible, that that was enough and that God stopped speaking around 200 A.D. He stopped speaking when the Bible was finished, canonized. And so everything we, in their mind, everything we need is in the Bible. Like, in other words, the Spirit comes and fills us and blesses us, but, but God's not going to speak anything new. In other words, God's not going to speak something that is not already, already revealed in the Bible. I had two roommates. They both believed this. They were great guys, amazing guys. One is, one is very famous now. I'm not going to say his name, but he's, he's, he's like the next John Piper. But he is... He's amazing. So anyway, they both are amazing guys, but they both believe this, this doctrine, this theology. And I remember one night, one of the guys uh, came back from a date with his girlfriend, and, and she had broken up with him. And she said, God told me that you're not the one. <laughs> <laughs> and they were talking about this. The two of them together were talking about this. And they were laughing, kind of making fun of this, this, this girl that had said that. Now, I know for a fact this does happen. I've been told many times by ex-girlfriends that I was not the one and God had told them that. Shannon somehow got through, but, but I've been told many times. So I was very familiar with this, this sort of uh, scenario. Um, <laughs> and, and so they were, they were like, how, what, how, did he speak to, how did he speak to you? They were making fun of her. Like, how did he speak to you? Did he give you a lightning bolt and said, or did he, a shooting star? Or did he tell you, you know, no or something? And and I, I said, guys, I mean, it's just, 
I don't know why this is so hard to believe. Like, why, why wouldn't God care about the person you're going to marry? Why wouldn't God care about your, your future job or your future spouse? Why wouldn't God care about those things? And the Bible doesn't say, yes, marry him or no, mar- don't marry her. Or the Bible doesn't say explicitly what to do. So why wouldn't the Holy Spirit actually care about that? Because they believe the Holy Spirit would convict them of sin. Well, isn't that God speaking, right? Or the Holy Spirit would get, bring comfort at certain times and bring, and bring joy. Isn't that the Holy Spirit speaking? If he doesn't really speak, then he really shouldn't be doing anything at all. But we believe as a church that God still speaks. That's the doctrine, of, that's the doctrine called cessationism, that, that, the, that the, the Lord does not speak anymore. The gifts of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit. There's a phrase I want to explain, especially to visitors today. This is a little different kind of a talk. The gifts of the Spirit. These are, these are the gifts where God speaks through miracles. God speaks through signs and wonders. Prophecy or the gift of tongues. We believe as a church these are present in our midst. All the gifts of the Spirit, from hospitality to healing, every gift is operational in the body of Christ. Cessationists believe that those gifts ceased. Again, the sign gifts, tongues, prophecy, so on and so forth, those ceased at the closing of the canon of Scripture. We believe in continuationism or continuation, that those gifts have continued and God still speaks. A proponent of of cessationism would be be John John MacArthur. He's a present-day guy. This is what he says. I'll read it to you. I want you guys to be aware of these things just because it's important to know what we believe or we believe it. He says, Cessationists believe it's neither the Spirit's plan nor its pattern to give miraculous gifts to Christians today as he did in the time of the apostles. Those Those gifts ceased being normative with the apostles. Those gifts were given in his mind, their mind, to prove God was in their midst. So the apostles would speak, and then they pray for healing as a, as a proof of their preaching. It proved who they were. Jesus did signs and miracles to prove the authority of his, of his life, of his divinity. And so now the Bible's finished in their mind, so there's no longer a need for those gifts to exist anymore to authenticate the messenger, because the messenger is the Bible. And they get this from, let's read this together, from 1 Corinthians 13. I'll read this to you. We've all read this chapter. We've all read this, seen it, read at weddings. And it's interesting that it's really about gifts, actually. And it's right in between chapter 12 and chapter 14, which is all about the spiritual gifts. And Paul's basically talking about love. Love is so important because we oftentimes will elevate the prophet or elevate the healer. And he's saying it's really about love. Above all else, these things will fail. So he says, love never fails. Verse 8, where there are prophecies, they'll cease. Where there are tongues, they'll be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it'll pass away. For we know in part, we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child, thought like a child, and reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put away the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we'll see, we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I'm fully known. I mentioned this to our city group this past week, and I said, what do you guys think of this, 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 this passage? None of them said it was about the gifts ceasing. And they had different thoughts, but it's a little bit, it's a little bit hard to understand. But the natural reading of this, this text, to anyone, no, one's, no one would say that Paul is suggesting that when the Bible is finished, the gifts are going to cease. What is he saying? When completeness comes. Does that mean that when the Bible is complete? The intention of the author is very important. The intention of the writer is very important to understand. Was Paul in 60 AD writing about 200 AD saying when completeness comes? And would his readers have known he was talking about completeness? 
Absolutely not. They would have no conception of that. Because Paul didn't even know the Bible was going to be canonized 200 years later, 100 100 years later. So when I became a man, I put away childish ways behind me. So we see it as a reflection in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Paul is talking about heaven. He's talking about seeing the Savior face to face, not the face and the Bible being a face. He's talking about seeing Jesus face to face. And prophecy will cease then. And words of knowledge will cease then because we'll know everything. He'll know us perfectly. We'll know him perfectly. And everything that is supernatural will become totally natural. We'll look at him in the face and say, you know all of me. I know all of you. I don't need prophetic words. I don't need to to get the gift of tongues. I'm going to literally see him face to face and I'm going to be complete in his presence. And that's what he's talking about. Not the gift ceasing. Not the gift ceasing. It's important we understand that as a church. That's what we believe. That's our foundation. We believe God still speaks. That's our inheritance. I was on a mission trip many years ago to, to Bosnia in, in uh, Eastern Europe, and um, I had just begun to start experimenting with like, God speaking and taking steps of like, hearing God's voice and trying to, trying to speak out things that I was hearing. We were praying for these teenagers at a, at a soccer camp. And Bosnia had been in a terrible war in the late 90s with Serbia. Many of them had been uh, tortured and killed if they were Muslims. They were put in prisons. It was a horrible situation. So many of the kids were, were like, missing a leg or an arm. And we were there at a soccer camp praying for kids. And we prayed for this one teenage girl. It was, like, four or five of us praying for this one teenage girl. And, the, and she was not receiving any of it. She was just cold and, and dis, disinterested. And uh, this phrase just came into my, my heart, my mind. This phrase was, tell her it's not her fault. Tell her it's not her fault. And so I just was sitting there, and again, I'm thinking like, okay, this is the Lord. I'm going to say it in a second. I kept making excuses like I often do. And I'm, and I'm sitting there, this is the Lord. And then finally, a friend of mine from another group across the room walks over, and she says, it's not your fault. The Lord loves you. And immediately that girl began to just weep. She began to just weep and weep and weep. And what, I, what we found out was that that, that little girl, when she, when she was a little girl, she was in prison with her parents, and they were Muslims, and they were put in prison for a number of years. She was kind of raised in prison as like a three- or four-year-old girl, and her parents, in their bitterness and anger, would tell her, this is all your fault. This is all your fault, and she received it, and she believed it, and that one profound word, simple word from the Lord broke through all the smoke. We were telling her all about Jesus, telling her, giving her Bible verses. One word from the Lord broke through that broken heart and pierced her with the love of God, and she received Jesus Christ. That is why we believe God still speaks, because he still has something to say that's specific to each one of us. It's a beautiful, glorious thing to believe that there's a living God who can speak through a broken vessel like me or you, and he can shatter the hardness of hearts and the brokenness of lives with his love. It's all about love. There was only three three ways to explain that. Either I was making it up, and my friend also was making it up. The spirit was actually speaking, or it was another spirit. Maybe another spirit. Maybe a demonic spirit. Maybe the devil was speaking that. But the result was she... We received healing. The fruit of that word proved the veracity of it, the, the, the authenticity of it. And that's important to think about. Like, if, for folks who, who deny this kind of stuff, when, when the result is my heart is, is more alive and my heart is closer to God and I'm more surrendered and I'm more free, 
Wouldn't that suggest that God's in this? Wouldn't that suggest that God's still doing this, that God is still alive today? I want to look at a passage from 1 Corinthians chapter 2. This is hugely important for us to understand the way the Spirit works. This is chapter 2 of 1 Corinthians, verse 9. However, as it's written, what no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no human mind has conceived the things God has prepared for those who love him. He's saying no one can make this up. Your, your senses, your seeing, your hearing, your mind, it cannot understand what God has actually prepared for those who love him. These are the things God has revealed to us by his Spirit. Now the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God, because he is God. Verse 12, what we've received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God. Why? So that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. This is hugely important. The reason the Spirit speaks, it is for all of us. He speaks to reveal what God has prepared for us, that we may understand what He's freely given us. Again, the Bible is the, Bible is the foundation of everything. It is the, the rule by which we live. And if something we hear contradicts the Bible, that word is wrong. The Bible is always right. The Bible is always right. So if someone says, leave your wife, pursue the love of your heart, it's what God wants, God wants you to be happy above all else, that's a demonic word. Because it, go against, it goes against what the Bible teaches about marriage. That's a word from the pit of hell. It's a word of deception. But God has given us his spirit to communicate the specific things he desires for us. The Bible doesn't tell me to be a missionary in China or India. The spirit can tell me that, though. The Bible says go and make disciples. But where do I go, Lord? What do I do, Lord, specifically? Does that make sense? So, when the, when the spirit was poured out in the book of Acts on Pentecost, Jesus rose from the dead, the spirit's poured out, they're all waiting. Here's what, here's what Peter says, Acts 2.38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. It's for you and for all who are far off. That's us. For whom the Lord our God will call. If you have Jesus in your heart, the Spirit is there you are a temple that contains the Holy Spirit, and you have the right, the ability, the qualification to hear his voice. And oftentimes we don't believe that. We believe I have to come down and get front and come, for, come up front for prayer to get, to get a word because I can't hear God for myself. Or, or Robin Morrison will give us a word because we can't get, he can't get a word for ourselves. I believe we want and, and, and we, we desire as a, as a church that we, in the quietness of our own lives, could sit before the Lord and hear what he has to say and come down front and go, that's what I heard too. That's what I heard too. We want that for you guys. I desire that, that we could sit before the Lord ourselves and quiet our hearts, quiet our spirits, before we give him the list of all the things we've done wrong, all the things we need, all the things we want. We just quiet our hearts before him and listen to his voice. Listen to his voice. Because he is always speaking. 
And I don't want anyone here to think, you know, I'm a less, a less than Christian if this is not normal, you know, if this is not happening. That's, that's a lie as well. That's not true. John Eldridge said um, in his book, Walking with God, he says, not hearing from God cannot be the verdict on how I'm doing with God. My ability to hear his voice on any given day does not p- change my position in Christ one bit. My ability or lack of ability to hear his voice on any given day does not change my position in Christ one bit. So hear that this morning. If, you don't, if this is not normative for you, then it doesn't mean you're a less than Christian. It doesn't mean that you're not a mature Christian. It just means some, this is something you've not, you've not chose to look at or think about right now. That's, that's okay. It doesn't, mean, it doesn't mean that you're failing, that you've, you've disappointed God all these years or something like that. This is, a, this is an invitation into greater intimacy with the Father. Rooted in love. One more story. Another mission trip. It's interesting, both my stories are for mission trips. I feel like on mission trips, the Lord often speaks more clearly because we come to the end of ourselves. The comforts of our lives back home are not there anymore, so we have to turn to the comforter, the great comfort of the Holy Spirit. And on mission trips, oftentimes God, God will speak because we, we have to turn to him. And I was, on this, I was on this long trip in uh, England with a uh, ministry that worked with heroin addicts called Battelle, and I was there for six months. And towards the end of my time there, there was a, a guy, much like Robin Morrison, he was a prophetic voice of the Lord, and he came to prophesy over, he came to speak God's words over people, prophecy, God's words over people. And he was basically just picking people out of the audience, much like Robin does, and he will just give them words. And he picked this one this one guy out, one kid, really, 17-year-old kid, out of the audience, and his name was, his name was Billy. And he, he, he said to Billy, Billy, stand up. And Billy's like all embarrassed or whatever. And he stands up, and he says, man, I feel like there is a crossroad right now in your life, a huge crossroad. And in one way, it's, it's going to be destruction. And the other way, it's going to be the Lord bringing things you could not ever expect. You are a leader. And he says, you're, Billy, you're a leader. You're a leader of leaders, and you've been called to lead others. That's all he says. And he said, Billy sits back down. And later that night, we found out that Billy, 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 this is his name, um, with some other guys, had planned to break into the office and steal 10,000 pounds from the, from the office uh, safe. It happened, it happened a few times in the past. But he had planned with, with two other guys to break in that office with some knives, hold people at knife, you know, knife point, steal the, steal the money, and go and get high. And that was, that was his plan. And it... it and that word, that word just cut right to his heart. And he confessed everything. And he repented, he confessed it, he received it, and he became a leader in that ministry. To this day, is a dramatic leader in that ministry for heroin addicts. You see, God is ready to speak. He's, he's, he's always ready to speak to us if we'll, if we'll listen and step out in faith. And if you have the Holy Spirit inside of you because you have Jesus inside of you, you are qualified to hear his voice. I keep saying that. I, want that. I want that to be so clear. So over the next two months, we're going to do a lot of discussion about how he speaks. What does it look like? Dreams. He speaks through people. He speaks through his word. He speaks through just insights that he's given us. We're going to talk about how he speaks, and we're going to, we're going to practice it. We're going to practice it. So let's stand together as we... Uh, do this right now.
The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord will call. So, right where you are, this is ministry time. Typically what we do is we invite you down front and, and people come and pray for you. But before we do that, I want to just spend a few minutes being quiet before the Lord. And I want you just, just to feel free to ask the Lord to speak to you however he wants to speak. And if this is something that's really been a struggle for you, I just, I just invite you to say, basically, Lord, I believe you speak, and I just release my unbelief. I release it to you, Lord. I, I release it to you. I believe God just wants to speak to us, even where we are in our seats, before we come down front and have people pray over us, which is, which is awesome, which is our, our heart. He wants to speak right now. So let's pray. <clears throat> Holy Spirit, You are the living God. I invite you just to come now, Holy Spirit, and speak to us as your sons and daughters. That you have good things for us, Lord. Come now, Spirit. We release any unbelief.